Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maeve. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Great. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, this is Social Distance, the Atlantic's podcast about the pandemic. I'm Jim Hamblin, a doctor and staff writer at the Atlantic. And I'm Maeve Higgins. I'm a comedian and a writer too. I want to just ask you something there, Jim. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had this idea for the podcast that I would ask you lots of questions that you were uncomfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> I like that idea. I like to yeah. try to be helpful. Mm -hmm. My question is, okay, so here in Europe, you know, it's all going off. There's extra lockdowns. There's another surge. Yeah. And can you guess what the fight is here? <laughs> <laughs> I think people are pretty tired of talking about, mm. hearing about, and arguing about um, the pandemic. So I might guess mm -hmm. that it's something, is it another exorcism? No, there haven't been that many exorcisms. I think like the hour changed here, so the darkness is lifting. <laughs> oh. But um, the big thing at the moment, at least in this country, is kids' shoes. <laughs> All the stores are closed here. And, you know, kids' feet grow incredibly fast. I'm always saying it, yeah. <laughs> and yet parents sometimes buy nice shoes for kids, even though they might only fit for a week i don't know <laughs> i think they fit for two months i think two that's months the kind so. of thing yeah so the big fight here with the government is you know my kid hasn't gotten new shoes in six months so look at the state of these <laughs> it's like the olden days where they like cut the top off a shoe and they're like no i got you sandals oh so they need to get properly measured it's not like us where we can be like ah it's, i'm around you know an eight you have to yeah. just no, your little chubby toes. So now they're saying measuring kids' feet is an essential service. And I guess the government are like, but wait, we're trying to vaccinate everyone. And like, we don't care. You need to oh. open up the baby shoes. Yeah, kids do need shoes. Can't you just buy one size up from the one that you just outgrew? Or I, I don't think it works that way because they're, okay. you know, also their feet grow. Do you ever see how wide babies' feet are? Yeah, they're almost as wide as they are long. Yeah. No, I never want to comment uh, <laughs> when I meet someone's baby for the first time, but it's one of the first things I notice. It's because they evolved to swim so well. <laughs> and now <What> do... <laughs> babies are so coddled, uh, don't get me started, that oh. they barely have to even swim. So they barely the feet have to just swim. look silly and yeah. use up a lot of shoes. They don't need hobnailed boots to go on work and construction sites because they don't even do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're unemployed, they lazy around, and they need new shoes all the time. That's the big <laughs> issue here. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you are able to argue about something else other than the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, How are yeah. things there? I remember just a couple of podcast episodes ago, we talked to Alexis Madrigal. He was like, I'm a little bit worried about Michigan. Yeah, there are definitely a few places in the U.S. where cases are increasing and the overall average is going up a bit. And it remains to be seen how that will manifest in terms of serious illnesses and hospitalizations. But it's a precarious moment where I think 
people are sort of confusing the existence of vaccines with uh, the idea that everyone is now vaccinated, which is not true. Like yeah. we keep getting these news alerts that people are eligible for vaccination. Uh, Governor Cuomo in New York just did this uh, saying that everyone 30 and above is now eligible, mm. which I am above 30, believe it or not. And I tried to sign up for one, but you can't. <laughs> I couldn't get one that was within 250 miles of me. So oh. like I'm eligible, but not actually. And I think there's this sense of, uh, well, everyone's va- or everyone 30 and above is vaccinated. And, and, and no, we're, we're very far from that. You know, most people, I think, are guided by the way policies are. Like if restaurants are yeah. open, that must mean it's okay. And there's political pressure to lift these restrictions right now, but also, and, and as soon as it's there's this combination of feelings like, okay, well, cases are lower than they used to be and restaurants are open now and a lot of people have been vaccinated. So therefore it must be fine to kind of just throw caution to the wind. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the cause of our uptick here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're eligible now. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just a misleading. It's like a play for headlines to say everyone's eligible now. And it doesn't actually mean that you can get a vaccine. But yeah. good. I hope. Yeah, I hope I get to do it pretty soon. Are you getting vaccinated already? How is it looking? Oh, no. I mean, it's really far away here in Ireland yeah. and across a lot of Europe. I think they just are on the over 70s here. Hmm. When I got the, you know, the alert that like over 30s in New York, that's like all of my friends are probably average age of 33. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. I feel so happy when I see everyone getting vaccinated. But of course, my parents are not vaccinated yet and don't even have a date for it. So there's a little twinge of like, oh, if well, if I was in charge. Um, And it also makes me think about travel, right? Because I live in the US, I have for almost 10 years. And now I'm like, well, if I don't get vaccinated, are they going to introduce like an actual vaccine passport on top of all the other paperwork oh. I need to get back in. I, I don't know. Yeah. You made two great points there. I think that the global distribution is something I've been really grappling with. The, like the fact that I might get vaccinated before your parents and I definitely will get vaccinated before some people who are essential workers in, in many parts of the world and high risk people in other parts of the world. And the U.S. is mm-hmm. uh, essentially hoarding vaccines to vaccinate low risk people and Yet at the same time, the ethical message seems to be if you qualify, you should get it. Because if I Mm -hmm. didn't get vaccinated, it doesn't mean it would go to someone in another country who's high risk. Yeah. You Um, can't donate your vaccine to my dad. Yeah. You can't be like, send it across. It's kind of like finishing the food that's on your plate doesn't uh, (laughs) solve the world hunger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I will do it, but I feel overall guilty about the... U.S. approach overall. The second thing that you mentioned is international travel and how that might be tied to documentation of of vaccination and and how disparities could be pretty vast if there are people from certain countries who Mm -hmm. are widely vaccinated can travel and others can't. Totally. There's all these ethical questions about it and that become really sticky realities. I have a few friends visiting from the U.S. at the end of April. And I can't go and see them because I'm in lockdown, but they're visiting Ireland for a vacation. 
Um, but that's just one. The other part of that is they're allowed to enter Ireland because they're from the US and the vaccine passports for international travel has not been figured out yet. But it looks like, and Jim, you and I touched on this with Professor Alexander White last week. And so we thought talking about vaccine passports in all their forms for, you know, going on a cruise or literally going into a club or international travel. We thought it would be great to dive into that today in depth. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to do that equitably, uh, how to think about it. Because people are throwing around this term vaccine passport and it really means something much more, not just like an Mm. actual international travel passport, but the idea that you might need documentation to do all sorts of different things. And Mm -hmm. it seems like there's some... increasingly heated discussion about how and when such things might be deployed. I mean, especially right now, because it rolled in like a thunderstorm, just all of these Republican politicians who are opposing this, like it really seemed to blow up this week. So I'm really glad we're going to talk about it in a calm way. Yeah, well, I will try to be calm. (laughs) Um, You'll be hysterical as as is your want. (laughs) Yeah. Should we talk to an ethicist? Definitely, yeah. Hi, Professor Kaplan. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hi. Thank you for coming on again. Um, You've been on the show before, but could you just share your titles and briefly say what it is you do for our listeners? I'm Art Kaplan. I'm the head of the Division of Medical Ethics at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine in uh, New York City. I run a program and have for seven years here that looks at ethical issues in healthcare. In particular, I've been working on ethical issues around vaccination long before COVID, been interested in measles and cholera and many other vaccines. Also have been running a program on early access to medicines and vaccines, again, long before COVID. That's been uh, looking at what do you do if you're in need of a drug, but it's not yet licensed by the FDA or other international regulatory authorities. Wow. Well, we're so lucky to have you because today we're kind of wrestling with this question of vaccine passports and hoped you could, I guess, explain vaccine passports and what the basic thing they would do is and, and what they would look like. Just those little things, if you well, could. just <laughs> is there a concise way to just kind of paraphrase what the mm. idea is of a vaccine passport? Yes. So a vaccine passport can be broken into two distinct kinds of document or proof. One is an international document, just like a passport. You hmm. basically have governments issue them. You use them to cross borders and you would see a vaccine passport as something either appended to your regular passport, which everybody has to use and is familiar with. You'd probably do it like a visa, or you could do it as an international document. We already have it. It's called the International Immunization Card. Probably 30 countries today require proof of yellow fever vaccination to get in. Uh, So it's already established. Domestically and in the U.S., The uh, idea is for vaccine certification or authentication. That just means you have some way to prove 
to a business or private entity in the country or a government facility that you've been vaccinated. That could be a card. It could be a uh, app. It might be checking a medical record, depending on where you are. But domestically, we have not had uh, proof of vaccination requirements in the past. Vaccines haven't been equitably distributed, even within the US and across the world. So what about the vaccine passports magnifying that inequity? Well, as with everything around COVID, and I'm tempted to say as with everything in life, there are inequities that are always present. So if we had international passports, which, by the way, we will absolutely have, the Biden administration has said right now it has no interest in issuing international Mm -hmm. vaccine passports. I will give them about six months before they do, um, because countries are going to say, if you want to come in here, you got to show us proof of vaccination. And there will be countries that don't have vaccines and that can't do that. And people uh, are not going to be able to travel from those countries into countries that do demand a vaccine passport for entry. Uh, We may wind up demanding in the U.S., given a relatively fast vaccine rollout, vaccine proof to come in here, despite Mm -hmm. all the yelling and screaming from some of our politicians about they don't like the idea of having to show papers. People have long had to show proof of vaccination to immigrate here legally. And if we're vaccinated thoroughly and some parts of the world are not, we're going to be nervous about new strains. We're going to be nervous about non-vaccination. And we will absolutely demand proof of vaccination to get in here. And I'm certain that other countries will to get in there. But why is it that they're not saying that right now? And where do you get your six months from? Do you think another country is going to do it first? or I think other countries will have vaccine passports in place in six months. Even the EU, which ironically yeah. doesn't have much vaccine, they're going to want to start to see vaccine passports to kick up their tourism industry. I've talked to people in Greece. They really need tourism there. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely willing to demand proof of vaccination to help control the entry of unvaccinated people or new strains, even though Greece itself does not have much in the way of vaccination yet. So they're Mm -hmm. thinking about it. And I know that uh, countries like Israel, United Arab Emirates are beginning to think about vaccine passport requirements for entry there. Uh, To be blunt, there's a lot of travel between the U.S. and Israel, both for business and for other reasons. You start demanding a passport, you're going to see our government having to issue something. Right. So does this not create at least temporarily two worlds where there are wealthy people from wealthy countries traveling to other wealthy countries that have vaccines and then there there are other countries that still don't even have access so are they going to be further marginalized in terms of global trade I'm laughing a little bit at your question because I think you just described the uh, pre-covid state of affairs in the world yeah. meaning there are plenty of countries that nobody went to right? That's yeah. no tourism. There are plenty of countries that have dropped off the edge of international trade just because they're so poor that they don't do business with anyone. But I get the point. Will there be more uh, isolation and more restriction uh, because of vaccine inequity? Yes. Is that going to stop the demand for proof of vaccination for international travel? No. I think yeah. people are still going to want to be safe and be secure. Now, is this going to endure long? No, I think 
we'll have vaccine rollout to most of the world probably within 18 months, maybe two years. But for that period of time, I think there'll be the haves and the have-nots. Hmm. Certainly the U.S. is already a fortress for like billions of people who would like to visit or move to the U.S. cannot do that anyway. So right. maybe we should talk about like within the U.S. and that other form of, you know, vaccine passport, or I think you called it vaccine authentication. Mm -hmm. Certification or authentication. The U.S. has its remarkably strong love affair with freedom and liberty. <laughs> and many Americans mm -hmm. don't like to be told what to do by their government about anything. They believe somehow in the naive view that they're free to do whatever they want. They forget about things like traffic laws and seatbelt requirements and other things, speeding restrictions that we do that say you can't just do what you want if it involves killing others. Wait, you mean they forget about them as in they obey them, but don't see them as this like threat to their yes. individuality? Yes, okay. they do. And they forget that you know, when they're talking in the context of vaccines, they keep saying, well, you can't make me do something that I don't want to do. But of course, if you're posing a direct threat to others, you could be quarantined. You could be told that uh, you can't uh, move around in a way that you might want to. And ultimately, we have many Supreme Court decisions that say you could be told to get vaccinated and be fine if you wouldn't do it. So we don't have the vaccine police running around giving you a jab dragging you into the street and vaccinating you, but you could get serious fines and penalties imposed on you if you wouldn't do it. It's not the case that we're a society that just says you can do whatever you wish in the name of freedom or liberty. Yeah. But a lot a lot of Americans worry that the government is going to make them get vaccinated. So hmm. that's part of the resistance to the authentication. It's not the paperwork. It's the, you can't make me get vaccinated. Right. I think it's going to move in a different direction. Many of the same people who bridle, say conservatives or libertarians in the U.S., at the notion of vaccine certification being demanded, I've seen it referred to as a Nazi regime asking for your papers as you travel about, uh, are perfectly willing to ask for your papers if they think you're not here legally. I mean, it's not like they haven't lined up uh, to try and drive out immigrants by saying, where are your papers or not giving you a driver's license and so on. Mm -hmm. And in the other direction, oddly enough, it's more likely the much beloved private sector that's going to start putting in requirements to show vaccine authentication. Yeah. What I mean is, if you want to go to a sports event, Madison Square Garden has already said, you can come in here two ways to see I guess, the rodeo or a sporting event or something, a concert. Um, and that's in New York, for those who don't know. Uh, you show us a negative COVID test that's recent, or you show us proof of vaccination. They're not the mm -hmm. government. They're just the private entity yeah. saying, we're going to make sure we draw customers by making sure they feel safe. I can't imagine the cruise ship industry in the U.S. isn't going to say our industry got wrecked by COVID. But don't worry. Everybody who works here is vaccinated. And if you're coming on board, we're going to make sure that only vaccinated people travel with us. So I think where you're going to see a movement, and we already started to see it, as a matter of fact, is toward private sector requirements. Not yeah. the usual, I hate the government and I'm not going to do what they say. We're going to find the very same conservatives and uh, libertarians who like the free market they're going to be confronted with the reality of business and private entities saying, guess what? No shirt, no mm -hmm. shoes, no shot, 
no service. So you, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we should get into shoe requirements later, but we, uh, so you foresee this sort of uh, patchwork of private sector requirements, which together provide enough incentive or de-incentivization of not getting vaccinated that we don't need some, we don't need government IDs or anything that would be more centralized. Well, I mean, I think, ironically, some of the opposition, again, is don't intrude on my freedom of choice. I want to decide whether or not to be vaccinated. Well, mm -hmm. you'll be able to retain that choice. It's just that your freedom of movement may well be restricted. And it could be that your freedom of employment gets restricted. No private entity can make you get vaccinated. And I'm not sure yet the government outside of some sectors like the military and maybe healthcare workers is ready to mandate vaccination. But the point is, if you don't get vaccinated, then your employer could well say, then you can't work here. And it's not discriminatory mm -hmm. because, you know, it applies to all. There's no racial or religious or gender discrimination. It just says to keep our workplace safe, we expect you, if you come in here, to be vaccinated. And I think, well, it's easy right now for some conservatives and critics to say, I don't like this. They can't make me. I think they're going to have to turn around and say to businesses, you can't put those requirements in place. And I don't think that will work. I think businesses will be free to do it. So what do you like? Where do you see the line for like for reasonable debate about this? Well, I'm very pro vaccine. And you're talking to someone who argued years ago that we ought to force healthcare workers to get flu shots, which swept through the United States. And it is a requirement in nursing homes and hospitals mm. and home care programs. So I'm confessing I may be the coercive agent of uh, <laughs> vaccination here. But that said, I think the debate should move in this direction. First, well, if we're going to have vaccine authentication, then who's issuing it? If it's not the government, mm -hmm. then who's supposed to put that out there? You know, some of us have these cards that we got when we got vaccinated from the CDC. And mm -hmm. they're just little paper cards. They weren't intended to be certificates or, uh, if you will, domestic vaccine passports. They were intended for social media use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if I got a card right now post getting a COVID shot, I would take a picture of it. I would photocopy it and then I'd probably laminate it because I think it's something you're going to be able to show as proof. But that's controversial. Maybe we should have apps certified by private businesses that you pay and they talk to your doctor and make sure that you really did get the shot and the date and the kind of shot you got. And we use our phones and uh, iPads and hmm. stuff to gain entry. But that's hmm. going to be a fight. I, yeah. I think there will also be a battle over whether private businesses can impose requirements on people to enter public places like a, a cruise ship or uh, a sporting a comedy event. club, comedy club, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, I think they can. I absolutely think they can. This has become partisan pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. I just worry that if they, you know, we don't want to do anything that dissuades people who otherwise would have gotten vaccinated into thinking it's all part of a uh, 
It's all part of a democratic or a liberal plot to get information from you and upload your info to a system and you don't want to be part of the system. And if there's anyone in that group who actually wanted to get vaccinated, would have done it for the health reasons, is suddenly thinking that this is not something that their camp is into, so won't. How do we avoid stoking vaccine hesitancy and actually potentially making more people not get vaccinated because of the systems that we've implemented? Right. Well, it's important to point out vaccine status is not a path to getting your medical record or personal information. There's an irony here again in that many of the people who worry that that's uh, a problem have already got a credit card or using Uber or uh, have a Facebook account or Google account where everything about them is tracked and known uh, by third parties. But here, that's your vaccine status you know, it doesn't have to go anywhere into the rest of your data. So it's important to argue that. I don't think that people who are on the edge about vaccination will be tipped over about having to show proof to get into places. I don't. But what I do think we could see is what we were talking about internationally. There may well be states in the U.S. that, for one reason or another, the businesses kind of agree they're not going to require this to enter. I could imagine, say, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally saying, no, anybody who wants to come here can come. Well, that's good for Jim to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I'm not eligible yet. To work, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, returning to work, if you went, they may say, did you go to that thing? Back here in Connecticut, you better show me that you were vaccinated. So I think mm. you may see, again, differences. We were talking about internationally, the haves and the have-nots, or the required and the not required. I think we're going to see a little of that bubble up with some states saying that we're not doing any vaccine requirements, the businesses, the Chamber of Commerce deciding not to do it, but other places saying, of course we're going to do it. By the way, New York is already trying to set it up. It doesn't really work if you're not inside New York, but they're starting to try and develop a passport of the sort we're talking about for domestic use. Maybe Arkansas and Alabama will be late to the game. So again, we could see weird differences people saying we're sending our sales force from Arkansas and we want them to go out mm. uh, to Walmarts or something. And Walmart's saying, geez, we got to vaccinate and prove it because they're not going to let them go into New York if we don't do it. Yeah. So then what is the Biden administration doing? You make the case sound so clear and kind of beyond dispute. And yet we've been hearing, I guess, just this week that there's not going to be a registry of vaccination. We're not Mm -hmm. going to do passports. Um, Why would they say that? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, two reasons. One, the federal government has no authority about vaccination in the U.S. It's the state issue. Many of us wake up thinking the federal government is this mighty power that controls everything and anything pertaining to our health. I recite exactly that. (laughs) He looks in the mirror. He says it three times. (laughs) But look, even the CDC guidance on who ought to get vaccinated is guidance. And as soon as the vaccine went out to the states, they all made up their own rules about what to do anyway. So the -hmm. federal government doesn't have the authority to create a national vaccine authentication requirement any more than it can impose a national standard, literally, of how to define death. It's Mm -hmm. state defined, not federally defined. And I suspect the other honest reason is they don't want to get into it right now. They're still trying to 
get people to put on a mask and hopefully get vaccinated uh, if they haven't been and trying to yeah. uh, get vaccine rolled out. This is almost a more distant problem for them. So I think both of those. I mean, sorry now, like we asked you for answers and I've just heard something that like different states have different definitions of death. I think this And you would and Jim be... are like, uh-huh. <laughs> this would be a long <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> yes, they do. And I'll give you one quick example and you can oh my God. subsequent podcast. But in New Jersey, you can decide whether you wish your relative to be dead by when their heart and breathing stop or when their brain has stopped functioning. In other words, oh. option to pick and other states would not give you that option. So, yes. My goodness. I know for women, it's the heart and for men, it's the head. Am I right? <laughs> That's probably true. And although the men, the men have been often brain dead for years before being officially Stop. diagnosed. Oh that's God. certainly true in my case I <laughs> oh my goodness okay well, so sorry I just had to figure that one out no, that you no, just said but Jim it's a, it's a big casual you. mention mm -hmm. that's true um so right now I in New York am eligible but I can't actually get one because they are or there's no there's not enough supply or appointments <laughs> um so it would genuinely feel unfair to me if the rodeo required that and I had been dying to go to the rodeo and the only reason I couldn't go is because there's no vaccine available to me. Do you think this kind of, this could rapidly shift once we get to the point where there's a, a you know, free COVID vaccine sign outside of every CVS and people are just walking past it and choosing not to go in? Yeah, 1000%. I mean, I think I could even imagine a situation where they say, hey, by the way, um, if you want to come into this rodeo, we happen to have a vaccination site here. Uh, get oh, vaccinated. Wow. You know, that sort of thing. So I, you I can actually ride one of the bulls if you get vaccinated. Exactly. Uh, well, huh. you know, we did have a company, Krispy Kreme, say if you uh, yes. get vaccinated, they'll give you a donut a day, I think, for the rest of the year. So <laughs> it's not far away. Not far away. <laughs> See, I like that. That's like positive incentivization. Does that? I was hoping that would lead to a cascade where all the corporations would suddenly be like, oh, yeah, well, you get a free Nike shoes and you yes, get a free yes. flight. And then all of a sudden pe people are just like racking up all these things. And uh, well, look, you know, I can imagine if you like this, James, that airlines may say 10,000 extra points to the vaccinated Miami Heat basketball team down there in Florida mm. has already said special section that you can sit in with good views if you're vaccinated. There's a reward. This is such an American wow. capitalistic <laughs> approach to it, it but it, it feels <laughs> like less politically divisive. Like there's not actually a requirement, but you can get free stuff. Free stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so American too, because I mean, I'm sure people in Ireland or people in Israel or people in China, Taiwan, Korea, they're all saying, the Americans, they're insane. They they don't want their government to do things, but they're perfectly happy to have giant corporations or little businesses uh -huh. put requirements on them, which is mm -hmm. us. It is quite stunning to from my vantage point in Europe, for sure. And and the other thing I keep wondering about is like who especially with this kind of conservative led pushback against we're not going to give you all of our information. It makes me think about um, DACA and the younger dreamer kids who like 700,000 of them from undocumented families <laughs> yeah. took that risk and signed and gave their home addresses and put everybody, they trusted the US government enough to yeah. say, okay, this is us, here we are. 
uh, knowing that it could be all taken away and, and then there'd be a database of them. There's nothing like that for the vaccine. Nothing. Like, it's not even possible, as, as you pointed out, that there yeah. would be some federal database. So I'm kind of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, is there something I don't know? And here's another thing that's odd to much of the world, not all of it. <clears throat> we also don't have an integrated health system with records in it. So if mm-hmm. you asked a person, let's just say in Israel, are you worried about your privacy? They're going to say, well, what privacy? I'm in the health system. There's four HMOs. They know everything about me. Move on. Here, there's still people saying, well, I don't know. I'm not necessarily going to get health insurance because I don't want people to know about Mm -hmm. it or I'll take care of myself in my community because I'm Amish and blah, 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 blah. It's a very different Mm -hmm. pluralistic approach. But most, Mm -hmm. well, not most, a good part of the world is very used to the government having all their health information. But in in the U.S., people are worried about that because they could actually be discriminated against in certain ways. Right. And so the irony of ironies, again, is if you have a national health system, Britain, Israel, and so on, you're not worried about being penalized. You don't care what the government knows about your health records because you're in the system. Well, this is a huge problem that it seems like the vaccine passports are just kind of poking into all these pre-existing yeah. Concerns about yeah. privacy, um, concerns about inequities in access to care, and this relatively mm-hmm. small, seemingly straightforward measure is becoming politicized because it is touches on so many of these things that are already raw. Well, let me let me maybe and my thoughts about uh, ironies here. So people are saying, I don't want to have this obligation to show my vaccine status. Mm-hmm. This is a country that post 9-11 accepted gigantic screening and uh, identity checks to travel on airplanes, right? To the mm-hmm. point where you have to take off your shoes every time you march through an American airport. Unless you have TSA um, pre, in which case uh, well, your shoes are not again, unless, unless, unless you tell the government, <laughs> right, certain facts. Yeah. And Yet here we are having this weird discussion like, well, the government can never ask me to do anything if I want to move about. Go to the airport, buddy. See what's <laughs> see what's being asked of you. You got to go through a screening machine. They got to have your documents. You better show ID. You're uh, not allowed to bring your gun on the airplane anymore. Correct. Correct. I mean, it on is. and on it goes. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a tempest in the teapot as people sort of mm-hmm. get it used to the idea of vaccination being around. But Every time in America, somebody says they want to know something about you, I do get pushback on the values and ethics front saying it's a restriction of liberty. I don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to see both of you at the rodeo, whether or not. <laughs> I have been to the rodeo a few times. I will confess a little bit drag there, but I have been a few times. Well, that's the only way drag to go to the by... radio, rodeo. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. <laughs> uh, drag there by nephews in Colorado who keep telling me oh. it's the most exciting event that I'll ever get to. And the food is pretty good. It's highly uh, unhealthy. So <laughs> there is an upside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for throwing up so many extra questions and teaching us so much today. It was so cool to hear from you. I know you're disappointed to find out that you can be dead in one state and not in another, but... <laughs> That's American for you. I want to be the one to say it. Okay. I'm dead now. (laughs) 
Uh, thanks so much, uh, Dr. Kaplan. It's always uh, great to hear from you. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Bye now. That was clarifying for me because I, yeah. uh, his certainty is helpful. I was feeling, especially at the very beginning, we've focused so much on disparities, worried about how systems like this could and would make things worse. And it sounds like there are ways in which they won't necessarily make things worse (laughs) if we're careful. Yeah. I mean, it's such a whirlwind of a time, isn't it? Like where, as he kind of mentioned like a tempest in a teapot is how he put it, that potentially that's one of those where it just becomes an everyday part of life and stops being this contentious thing. And that gradually that will spread and it will be less uneven. We have no problem having businesses require pants. You know, it's kind of just like because pants are yeah. are accepted and not it's not really a debate about whether people should wear pants in public. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a debate, but it's pretty niche. Uh, <laughs> you know, that... I just don't want this debate about how documentation is handled and how requirements go out to actually like influence people's sense of whether vaccination works and is good and is safe and whether they should get vaccinated. Definitely. You know, I've been stuck since he mentioned it about like incentives, like those, the good seats at the game or <laughs> free donuts. I mean, yeah. I, I hated how people were like down on the donuts because I just thought like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, any company that's willing to do something like that, I think is great. Not that it should change anyone's mind. Like I'd be concerned if someone was like, oh, I was on the yeah. fence, but then uh, since I get the donuts, why not? But hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> when you're talking about like, I will get to travel and see my friends and family and go out in the world and not have to worry about getting sick. That's why the donut thing is so funny. If you're like, all of that is on the table and this little free thing is what's going to push me over the edge. But <laughs> it, it's, I, it's like how our minds work, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. For people who are just debating in another plane, like not actually weighing the scientific or medical costs and benefits, but are just like, it's a little bit annoying or my arm might hurt. Um, that's the plane yeah. where, and I, I understand that's the way a lot of people are thinking about it. That's the plane where you're like, oh, but you get a donut. That is, that would counter yeah. that sort of, that level of hesitation. So so yeah, donuts, free, uh, free food of all sorts. And I like the idea as well, having signs up in stores, no shirts, no shoes, no shots, no entry. Oh, wow. That's uh, almost too perfect. I know. You should copyright that right now. I'm I'm going to copyright that. It's going to be hard in Ireland because none of the kids have shoes. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, because they can't get the right size and they don't know how to. <laughs> Honestly, Maeve, how hard is it to measure a baby's foot? Like, I feel like I could do it. You'd have to do it. You have to get those special. Do you remember that really satisfying feeling of putting your foot in a foot measurer? Yeah, yeah. It was like, finally, I feel secure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what they're missing most of all. <laughs> okay. Well. Jim, thanks for today. I love talking to Dr. Kaplan. Yeah. And if anybody wants to hear him, he was on a show about a year ago. It was a darker time, but, but we, well, we've come a long way, Maeve. Thank you for, thank you for chatting. And I will uh, talk to you soon. Yeah. Social Distance is produced by Kevin Townsend with help from senior producer AC Valdez. 
We love hearing from listeners. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on an upcoming show, our email is socialdistanceattheatlantic.com and our voicemail is 202-642-6487. And finally, as always, if you like this show and want access to all of The Atlantic's journalism, the best way to do that is by subscribing at theatlantic.com slash support us. Okay, Jim. Bye. Bye, Maeve. Thanks. Bye-bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.